0: I'm gonna put this space right now. Creatively, spiritually, mentally, physically, emotionally, I'm possibly the most focused and dedicated I've ever been. I have struggled to think for that. I have problems. To thank for that. I have difficulties to thank for that because being where I am right now, if I was in the same mental space I was in last year, I don't think I'd be able to handle this. Or a couple of years ago, because you know, this time last year, a good majority of us had to be better in every aspect of our lives because. A lot of people were looking, <clears throat> a lot of people were holding on me to everything they could that was good, and as I stated on this podcast plenty of times before, I felt that myself and the listeners are intertwined, and we all flow with the same energy, so people gravitate towards us, and knowing that... You feel a certain responsibility to not to anyone else, but a responsibility to yourself that you know that kind of ways you always have eyes on you, so to speak. Not to say people are watching you like in a you know narcissistic, conceited kind of way. No, I mean, eyes on you because you're a leader. every intention is to just be 1% better than you were before and to make everyone around you see their light you know I'm not just doing this podcast because I feel a certain way about myself and I'm just trying to tell everybody else hey I feel good looking Me, me no. no I got problems too but it's the way that I handle myself now. And it's much different than I did before. And I'm so glad that in every aspect of my life, I'm able to respond and react in a certain way. And I'm still able to enjoy myself. Still able to see things happening, you know, see people who've struggled before, who aren't struggling now. and. Not to say that I'm, that I'm a part of that, but I may have had a little bit to do with it. You know, just by saying good morning, asking how they're doing, you know, a text or a phone call, you know, hey, let's go hang out for a little bit or something like that, you know. Those things matter. Those little things matter. They add up. So that's why I say I'm in a much better, much better space now because, because in some way, I'm growing up. And in my life, personally, you know, I have my wife and my kids to pretty much thank for that because as they're growing and going into their own in life, I'm learning so much. They're teaching me so much. And hopefully you have someone in your life as well that teaches you, you know, even though we're leaders, so to speak, a lot of people are looking to us, you know, for certain things, but we're still learning. You know, how can people learn who are so called in front? You know, how can a leader learn? You know, just by taking your time and really focusing on every move you make, every step you take, and realizing that the people behind you. They see everything you're doing, and sometimes they will surpass you, and, and, you know, in time, they will surpass you. So, saying that, raising our children, we sort of see them differently now. The relationship isn't so much as parent-child. And I'm not going to say it's equal, because we still have the responsibility of being their parent, but... Just knowing that, even at the young ages that they are, they're learning so much, and they're so advanced, so more advanced than, than we were at those ages. And you know, I, I guess I really didn't understand or know what it meant to be to be a parent, really, because I was. You know, I was steady trying to wipe the slate clean from everything that I was taught growing up or everything that that I saw that was wrong. You know, myself being a parent, myself being a husband. I didn't really notice the good that I was doing, you know. But but now I do. And I'm really struggling to see beauty in everybody around me. I mean, not that I didn't before, but I'm sitting back and I'm looking at them and I'm like, Wow. I'm 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 proud. I'm proud to say that those are my children. I'm proud to say that that's my wife. And I'm just not saying this on this podcast. I say it, you know, at work or there are people I meet and stuff like that. I'm part of them because I've seen struggle. I've seen difficulty. I've seen obstacles, and I've seen <clears throat> the ability to overcome. The ability to overcome loss the ability to overcome abuse, you know, just the ability to grow in in dire circumstances as, as, you know, as uncertain as life can be. And I'm just, you know, I'm, I'm just speaking on my life with that part and myself as well, because we've overcome you know, abuse, different forms of of abuse in our life. And I'm seeing the children there overcoming, you know, uncertain circumstances as growing up in this era. You question everything. Even before a year and a half ago when COVID came about, you question everything. And now it's so much that grabs your attention but takes away your attention from who you are and it's, you know, you get lost in everything these days because everything changes so rapidly. You don't know what to hold on to. You know, that's where, that's where you have to have the ability to just slow down, run. You know, make sure that you have everything in order within yourself. And then s- sort of kinda let them go and find life on their own. You know, that's what I've that's what I've learned to do. You know, like I said before, you know, I'm still a parent, but it's just <clears throat> not so much a dictator, not so much a disciplinarian. You know, doing this this day and time where, where we're at right now. No, I can't monitor everything they watch. I can't monitor everything they they like or they want to be in life. Even if I disagree, you know, I have to let them come into that realization of who they are now. Because like I said, children are very advanced now. Whether certain parents want to agree with that or whether certain structures, you know, in life want to see them as such, you have to listen. You have to. Like I said, you have to agree with it, but that's where we we're beginning to get so much resistance from people in this day and age as to where before when I was coming up, it was <clears throat> just the youth. You know, the youth just wanted to be heard, you know, Generation X and you know, we just wanted to be heard. We just wanted our opportunity. We knew we had something to say. Now it's so many different walks of life. You know, it's not just a few. There's so many different walks of life to where if you look into a crowd of people and they may all look the same but they may not all think the same. They may not all identify as the same. They may have They have so much more to give. And now it's now it's being not, not thrown in your face, but these people are standing up for themselves as before, even though you still hear of unfortunate incidents, bullies, and suicidal, you know, cases. Some these so many more people are standing up for themselves. You know, I I identify as such, or this is who I am, you know, ethnically. Or this is what I want to be called, this is what I stand on. That's a good thing that so many people are finding their direction in life and their voice and who they are. Not to say that there was a bunch of cowards when I was coming up, but I can say it was my mother. Not, not to say my mother, but like, you know, that generation. You know, they were sort of afraid to... Because, you know, look, look at what, you know, people in their 60s and 70s were just coming, were just coming away from. You know, the, the world and society was just now beginning to accept all. But you still were kind of afraid to be, you know, you still were kind of afraid to be seen as an individual. Women still did what they were told and, you know, they just sort of hid in the corner, hid in the kitchen, so to speak, back in those days as to were now. You, know, you can't tell anyone or a woman or whatever that they can't do anything, that they can't be anything, that they have a place. I mean, nobody in society has a place anymore. They can be and do whatever they feel. You know, I'm learning. I'm learning how that, you know, from my wife and my children. And for people older than me as well because even though I'm still seeing some resistance and and hearing some resistance in people that I talk to, you know, I'm also changing the minds of a lot of people. Like, I'm not what you see. You know, whatever you think you see, I'm not that. I have so much more to bring that you're going to accept it. Like I said, there's so so many people out there with so much to give. we should all learn to, we should all learn to let that happen and not be so judgmental. You know, we should only accept instead of push back. You know, because you never know, you never know what that can bring into your life. What kind of beauty that could bring into your life. If you just want to be stuck in your ways and and so adamant on what you believe in or what you were taught, because you can learn something new. It's the beauty in life. You know, every day, every day we can learn something different. So many people don't just want really to know what they know, it and that's it. They don't want to accept anything, they don't want to accept a title or color or you know whatever but you have to that's the one thing you have to do because if you don't you're going to wind up being miserable because you're going to want you should be this way or a child should stay in a place or you're a woman or you're a man this and that you know if a person doesn't feel something they don't they don't feel it it's not up to you or me or anyone else To force it out, to force it out of them, or to keep it inside of them. It's on that person to make that decision, you know, and it's it's, it's just about being who they are. I mean, I could go further with it, but it's just about being who they are. You know, you should, you should let a person be who they are. Instead of trying so hard to make yourself comfortable. So many people want this world to still be about them, and it isn't. It isn't about them anymore. It's about, all. you know, there's no tears. There's no class. Because everyone has something to bring to the table. As I said before, everyone can flourish. Everyone. I believe I started last episode with am talking about um, what DMX meant I, I may not have started it I, I know I mentioned it and um, since then lost another um, you know rapper from that era you know black rap he passed he passed away as well but the one thing I wasn't I didn't really understand was people's reaction and you know people's reception, you know, Robert Ross, Black Robert, rest in peace, and um, nobody really knew he was sick until he posted that video, you know, a few people did, but nobody really knew the extent of it, and, you know, you had your people pointing their fingers at certain people, you know, why didn't you help, why don't you donate money, donate this, donate that, why don't you give them money, and stuff like that. When it doesn't fix addiction, that's the one thing I want to get out, get out of it. I'm not saying he was addicted to anything, because he could have just passed from natural causes at 51 years old. He could have just, you know, it could have just been something natural. But most people are saying it was his addiction, you know, alcohol or drugs or something like that that played a part in it. I don't, I don't know. I've, I haven't heard anything, but. That's when people understand addiction, and they were not yeah, it was um, diabetes, lupus, kidney failure, <clears throat> multiple strokes and stuff like that he's had over the years. None of that, none of that is, you know, cause of addiction. I mean, kidney failure could be, but none of that is is cause you know, causes from addiction, you know, but. A lot of the people saw the video and they just assumed he was a drug addict. Assume this is that. You shouldn't assume anything with anyone unless you're living their life. And since no one is living another person's life, just sort of try to be there. Send whatever you can, you know, not not money-wise, but whatever good energy you can send, send that. Instead of always sending your assumptions and you're right, you're right you know, money can fix everything. Money can't fix any addiction at all. Money can't fix any addiction because that's something that stems, something had to be the cause of it because you have people out here that, you know, and I I hate to even do this, but I'm using myself. I'm someone who has seen the lowest of life. I'm someone who has been a person that didn't have anywhere to turn. I could have given up. I could have turned to drugs. I could have turned them down that road. I could have went down that road, but I chose not to. And I'm not saying they're weak-minded people. Like, Fuck no, don't get me with that one. I'm not saying that at all. I'm starting to look at my life and realize that God blessed me for a reason, but I'm not even talking about myself right now. I'm just using me as an example. I know I am talking about myself. But I, I, I tell people all of the time you can, you can overcome anything. You can. I had all of that around me. All of that was around me. Severe drug addiction mental abuse, physical abuse, sexual abuse, all of that was around me. Demons were right there. I mean, I'm not perfect. No way I'm not perfect. But the demons were right there. I have plenty of friends who are addicted to drugs, addicted to alcohol, addicted to women, men, whatever you want to say, where, you know, money can't fix an addiction. So for the people that same money can fix everything, and you can, you, it doesn't. It doesn't. You can wake up just after having a good day. You can wake up and you know, have a bad dream or something can remind you of what happened. And the only thing that can take it away from you is whatever it is, your form of addiction. Whether it be food, whether it be women, men. drugs or whatever have you. You know, nothing can take that, nothing can take that demon away. The only thing that can take that demon away I feel is belief and love for yourself. You have to be strong enough to say no. So many of us aren't. I have to remind myself daily basis to say no. Remind myself on a daily basis to keep going. I mean, in certain cases, and you know, I mean, it was Black Rob as an example. In certain cases, diabetes, lupus, both debilitating diseases, lupus, kidney failure, strokes, multiple times, he's went through this and he's fought back, fought back, fought back, fought back, maybe his spirit, and he told himself, you know, he made his peace with God, just like I feel DMX did, just like I feel multiple people who've overcome so many things in life, but used their last days, their last moments, their last months or years on earth to really reach out and try to help as many people as they possibly can, which I believe, you know, Black Rob did because as I'm starting to remember, I did see a couple of interviews and just heard music here and there where he was, you know, speaking on change, you know, you know, trying to teach, trying to reach. And for him in his last moments, to have in his heart to reach out to another, you know, a, a individual who was hurting. That's powerful. Because when you saw the video, you saw him gasping, struggling. Even though he was saying, I'm homeless, this and that. He wasn't asking anything from anybody. He was trying to send love and, you know, strength to another person. And it was immediately reciprocated to him, you know. Because right before I saw the video, possibly a week before I saw the video, you know, I posted a you know a video on Instagram where I was listening to one of his songs, and I'm like, if you know me, you know it's one of my favorite songs. My wife and I have been listening to Black Rock for the longest of time. You know, it was, you know, just just a person. He always seemed solid to me. You know, he always seemed real. I just feel that you know we should understand more about not how we would respond to anything but get to the root of these things and realize that your yeah, donations won't help. You know, just like certain people said, you it takes you 10, 10 seconds to find a picture to post. But when was the last time, if you had the ability to, when was the last time you reached out and called this person, reached out and made sure that they were okay, you know? And star or not, public eye or not, we all know someone who's going through something that we haven't reached out to. We all know someone who's going through something in life that they may need our help. And like I said, I'm not perfect. But I've reached out to people. Text, phone call, Face FaceTime, whatever, whatever. You know, I've tried. I've tried and I've kept trying. I mean, you know, I get a lot of you know, oh man, it's good to hear from you. I'm glad you called. We need to talk. Let's go out, such and such. You know, a lot of us, a lot of us may need it. A lot of us may need to talk to somebody. I myself just last night, you know, I called you know, most of my kids down. My wife was already doing stores, and I just opened up to them. I opened up to him, and I felt that it was needed. You know, they may feel all dirty, or my, or my husband don't want his ranch again, and all of this stuff. I'm, I'm not, you know, but I needed to get it out. I needed to talk to people that were closest to me because it's things that I've been holding in the inside, and I just can't hold. Me. I couldn't hold. I couldn't hold any longer. You know, I'm going through things too, even though a lot of people look at me as being. A rock, so to speak, is, you know, this person that can go through anything, that can handle anything, who always has the answer, always tries to, you know, bring people up, make them, you know, laugh or smile or motivate them. Sometimes I need motivation, too. I need a smile as well. I need a hug as well. I need somebody to reach out to me, too. Just like you. You know, it all needs to be reciprocated. So, this is my moment right now. I'm reaching out to everybody listening to this episode. I'm reaching out to you. I'm asking you, are you okay? I'm telling you, if you need somebody to talk to, I'm here. I'm saying, I love you. I'm saying, I'm here. And y'all know that. I'm here. Everybody who listens to my podcast, most of you, I know personally, and have reached out, and we have had those conversations, and I love you for that and even more, but like I said, I'm saying right now, if you need anybody to talk to, reach out, because you never know what can come about from a conversation. You never know what can come out from a laugh. You never know. You never know. So just find someone. If you don't want to talk to me, fine. Don't. Find someone to talk to you know, understand what these people were faced with and realize just because they're in the public eye or they have such and such things in their lives that anything can, you know, that that can fix it. No, you can't. I've had conversations with plenty of people who, who've been abused sexually, physically, mentally, and all of them have said a similar thing. I struggle with it, I struggle with the not knowing if I'm okay or not, and if I am okay, I'll go back to that thing that I sort of shied away from, I may grab a cookie or I may have a piece of cake then suddenly I'm eating three or four cookies, two or three pieces of cake, or having one beer, two or three beers, smoking one blood, two or three bloods, whatever, what have you, and you're right back down that addictive road. No amount of anything can take that away. It's a daily struggle. You, ha- it's daily affirmations that you have to give yourself. That you have to say to yourself that you can beat this, even when you're feeling good. Because when you feel good, you celebrate. When you feel good, you relax. You you have to tell yourself that 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 it isn't worth it. I've had talks with plenty of people who aren't in their children's lives, and they fight and struggle with that so much that they turn to drugs. And when I see them, I see them. I sometimes see people at their lowest, and it's like. You know, how you get her? And it's like, I miss my kids. I'm not you, I can't, I, can't, I can't go see my kids every day. I gotta struggle with the mother or the grandmother or the father or, you know, or the, the, you know, the woman's father or something like that, or you know, vice versa. I struggle with that and well, you just have to keep it in your heart that your children need you. Even if they don't see you, they need that strength for when the moment that you do come back or you do see them, they don't see you at a moment of weakness. They don't see you at a moment of loss. They see you strong, confident. I've, I've spoken to men and women in the same way. They want to see you strong and confident at all times, even if even if they haven't seen you for weeks or they just talk to you a couple of times and they know you're trying to see them, you're trying to be their but when they see you with a bottle in your hand or they see you coming off a high, that was sort of more important than seeing them. That was sort of more important in getting your life back the way that it needs to be. That means see you, your the focal point in their lives, not just your children, your significant other your parents yourself you need to see yourself as a focal point in your life in order to balance everything else out because you just think of yourself as a pillar and if you put forth some sort of effort into you making sure your foundation your foundation is stable and nothing can rock you that you can hold on to other things in your life that you can hold on to, other people in your life that you're mentally focused, that you're physically ready, that you're emotionally prepared to to handle any obstacle. You know, people need to see you in that light. We all have our weaknesses, true enough. We all have our weaknesses, but though, but go back to those daily affirmations. Go back to. Those moments where you need to put into your head, put into your heart, and put into your body that I just need to be 1% better than yesterday. I just need to be 1% better. I just need to be better now. I just need to fight this demon. I just need to put myself in a position to win at all times. And that means blocking this out and blocking that out. Don't feed into this temptation. Don't feed into that temptation. It's hard. Hell yeah, it's hard. But it's worth it. And I still struggle myself as well. I tell myself something, and 20 minutes later, I will do the exact opposite. I tell myself I'm going to eat a certain thing, and I walk past a cookie, I walk past a cake, and I say it won't hurt me. But it does. And I'm not trying to but food is my is, is po- possibly my biggest biggest weakness, as it is for a lot of people. You know, I don't do drugs or drink, so I can't use those. But food is a is a big problem for me. I need to eat properly. And I don't. I don't eat properly so I'm going to say I got um, I'm i perfect, I'm not I'm not even seventy <laughs> percent but but I do have moments where I lock in I do have moments where I focus moments of weakness comes well. moments of inconsistency and I hate those I hate that about myself I'm not as consistent as I need to be and it's when you find those moments and you're willing to admit that you can't do something that's when it gets a little better, for me anyway. It gets a little better because, okay, you now I have something to work for, you know? I'm missing something, I'm forgetting something. Those are good moments to have in life, when you have something to go for. It's when you realize your weaknesses and you're not hiding them or sweeping them under the rug. It's when you're focused on you know, yourself and your ability but you also know, like I said, you got people behind you, or you got people on your side, or you're in a marriage, in a relationship, or you're in a group, or whatever, what have you, something like that. You got to be on your points. You can't have, not to say you can't have a slip up, but you have to learn how to get up. You have to learn how to stand back up. Keep fighting, keep swinging. Like I said, if you ever need anybody to talk to, I'm right here, If avoiding anybody to listen, I'm right here, because I know we all struggle, we all struggle with, with something, and you, know, you have something to come to. Um, switch subjects a little bit, don't want to be all, you know, speaking like that, I'm not trying to bring anybody down, not to say that I'm bringing people down, but you know, Uh. Something happened a couple of days ago that sort of caught my attention. It, was like, it has to do with football. It's um, Aaron Donald, the star defensive end for the Rams, he was in some trouble for like a day or two. There was an incident where he, uh, where he was believed to have severely beaten up an individual at a party. And this individual was suing him. And when I saw the pictures and I was like, okay, typical you know you see an athlete or you see a celebrity at a party and you try your hardest to get this celebrity to act out of character maybe put their hands on you or curse you out or you know say something demeaning to you where you can see them and i had this old plan in my head to where this individual saw aaron donald as big and as strong as aaron donald is, this individual who saw Aaron Donald walked up, maybe bumped into him, pushed him, stepped on his shoe, spilled a drink on him, or said something derogatory or something like that, and Aaron Donald beat the shit out of this man. And I was like, oh, man, that that, that 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 has a possibility of being true. A couple of days later, it turned out it wasn't true. It wasn't true at all. I was happy because I was like, yes, finally, a narrative that it's changed. What did happen was Aaron Donald saved this man from getting the hell beat out of him by three or four other individuals. Aaron Donald jumped in and his own camera. He jumped in pushing people back and stuff like that. So possibly when this man woke up with the one eye he had that wasn't shut, saw Aaron Donald over him, and assumed Aaron Donald was the one who did it. That's possibly what happened. But you know, I'm so glad One time a narrative changed. Another time a narrative didn't change. I hate to even talk about this, but it's it's so much a part of our society. It's so much a part of our everyday lives. It's a part of my everyday life. I say this on this podcast a lot. I want to make it back home. So many people don't get that opportunity. So many people that look like me don't get that opportunity to make it back home. George Floyd was one of those people that didn't make it back home. He fought for his life, he screamed for his life, he begged for his life, and he took it from him. Murdered him. And the individual who committed the murder possibly going to jail, possibly going to jail for a long time and it sort of eased America. It eased everyone that was on the side of change, that was on the side of decency, on the side of humanity. Then 10 minutes later, it gets stricken away from you by hearing about, I believe her name is Michaelia, Bryant being murdered in cold blood from defense. She was was defending herself. she was murdered in cold blood by possibly an individual who was sworn to protect and i say that very loosely got out of his squad car seen the altercation happening didn't want to deal with any more urban people as i've heard and just shot not in the air but into the crowd he didn't care who he hit and he shot this poor individual four times in the chest This girl didn't even have the opportunity to tell him I called you for protection. Help me. She didn't even have the opportunity to see 16. That's a narrative that I hope Hope changes for my children's sake, for my wife's sake, for my little brother's sake, for my mother's sake, for my sake. I don't want to continue every time I open up my front door. I don't want to say a small prayer that I hope I make it back home. I hope I'm not mistaken. I tell people that all the time. He was like, "Why do you say that?" I was like, "Because I have to." Have to. You know, so many people don't believe that certain things happen to people like myself, and I hate to even say that. But we are faced with so much. We are faced with so much as a people. We are faced with so much, so many reminders of why we're in the position that we're in. And so many people will say it's your own fault, but I don't fucking believe that. come from a proud people, and that's not even, I'm just speaking on people of difference, not just African-American, not just Asian, not just American Indian, not just Muslim. We aren't inferior in any way. But media, social media paints us out to be under a boot at all times or needing to prove or needing to entertain don't have anything proper to say don't have anything good to say there are so many young youths a minority that are breezing through high school some of them don't even go to high school they go straight to college do you hear about it no you gotta really fucking dig to hear about that. 12 year olds being accepted into Harvard. Young black children. But you'll hear about 50 deaths before you hear about one good thing that happens in our communities. We'll hear a police siren four hundred times way before you hear and applaud. Y'all possibly think it's a lot of people and I've spoken to a lot of these people and they think that all young urban individuals do is dance, have a fucking gender reveal or fight. And I'm being serious, as idiotic as that just sounded, I'm being serious. There are people in society that just only see us as one way. And when I say, nah, you ain't no, you know what you're true, they say, well, that's all I see. And I was like, damn, you just, well, look at something else. Look at something else. That's all they show you. Not so many people know about Manson Musa or the Marcus Garvey. Or just the people that were about advancement, change. All of the people that come to this country to f- favor the so-called beauty of it. I could go deeper. I could go on and on, but y'all get it. That narrative must change. And there are so many people that see it, but I'm not going to say they aren't loud enough. They aren't famous enough, I'd say. I say that. Because when a regular person says it, oh, you're just wishing and hoping. But if a famous person were to say this and that, I bet if somebody like George Clooney or something posted a picture of that little black boy that brings through high school and got all of those Ivy League school offers, it would be well known. Somebody like somebody of his stature or something like that, but if I do it, man. so many people see that. That's why I still believe there's beauty, there's hope. I want to see all of these so-called groups, these hate groups, get all of this political backing and social, social backing and funding, and just to be crammed down our damn throats that they're coming, they're coming, they're getting ready, they got this and that. What about all of the people that are for change and equality? Why don't we show that? Try that. Don't put fear in society. Or don't put stupidity in society. Or don't show us dead, getting shot, dancing. Yeah, that's that's a part of it, but you can't knock a person for living their lives. That's not all we are, though. So many people have it in their head that every minority is a certain way and that's been going on for a long time. But they aren't. People have so much to give. It's ridiculous. So much. But all you see is what you see and that's all you know. I'm faced with a tough decision in my life right now at the moment, and my job is possibly about to go on strike, do I stand with people I work with, people I've worked with for years, people I've come to know, or so-called know, do I continue? To do what's right by my family and continue to go to work and not let their threats affect me. Because if I let their threats affect me, I may as well stay at home for the rest of my life. Because it's like I said, with saying that small prayer that I make it back home. I'm letting society streets affect me. I'm letting what I see in the media put a picture in my head of how the police are instead of dealing with the police that I deal with and I know personally, and I know it wouldn't harm me. Or if they heard of something happening, they'd be right there. Because if I thought all police were a certain way, Which I don't. And I'm saying that right now. I don't believe they're all a certain way. But if I let that hit me, I may as well stay right in this chair. If I worried about threats and I didn't have anything to fight for, every day I fight. So Maybe I'm leaning towards working anyway. Showing them that if I have the opportunity, as long as the doors aren't locked and I'm not being forced away, I still have a family to take care of. I'm not saying bend or give in, but so many people i looking at this the wrong way. I've worked too hard for what I have. And as long as it's not being taken away from me, you know, nothing is promised. As long as they're not saying, oh, we're going to dock your pay. We're going to blah, blah, blah. We're going to cut your hours down to 20 hours a week. Or you got to go work here or work there. They're not telling me that. I'm still going to make the amount of money I make I may make a little bit more but I'm comfortable in life so I think I'm leaning towards going to work facing their threats and not even know that eh, I work for my wife and my children it's a tough decision y'all it really is because we all know how unions can be But I don't care if this was that day and age or not. You know, my house note isn't going to, okay, whenever y'all get back to work, just let us know and we'll take payments from you. Utilities aren't going to, okay, we'll keep your utilities on. Whenever you go back to work, uh, my kids aren't going to say, well, daddy, you're not bringing in any money, but we'll just stop eating until you start bringing in again. That's not a decision I'm willing to make. Because they're letting me come back to work and come to work, do my job, I'm going to do it. So I guess I just answered my question. Or answered uh, or made a decision on that one. I guess I did. So that's the stand I'm willing to take. Also, another stand I'm willing to take as long as you hear my voice you know i will be unapologetically myself as long as you hear my voice i am fighting for you as long as you hear my voice i won't be swayed i won't be changed you won't hear me speaking on well maybe if you just did it this way or maybe if you you know, didn't seem so aggressive or whatever. Or maybe if you just let your husband go out there and, you know, have him a girlfriend. Or maybe if you let your wife just go out there and sleep with somebody else, it will, it will be okay as long as, you know, nobody gets hurt. Nah, fuck nah. If you feel a certain way about something, hey, stand up for yourself. Stand up for yourself. Cause what is that? It's all a form of abuse. Come over to anybody, do anything, say anything, put anything, force anything upon you that doesn't need to be there. Parents, children, whoever. You believe in what you believe in, you believe in it, and you go. We're not letting them stop us anymore. COVID tried to, for the unfortunate, lost their life, rest in peace. But for everybody that's still living, keep living. Well for a reason. Don't. Don't. Don't let life go. Don't let life go. Hold on to life as tightly as you can. Live it to the best of your ability every second of your life. It will work out. For the people, for the purpose, patience is a broadcast.